It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is the end of an incredible run, and the hot streak is over as the Titans do lose to the Kansas City Chiefs 35-24 to in the AFC Championship game. And while obviously it hurts and it is disappointing, there's a lot to be proud of and a lot to be thankful for for a really fun season that started in a pretty low place. So can't really be too disappointed with where the team is right now, even though the loss definitely does hurt and the wound still is fresh and it stings. But while we're here, we got to make sure we take our lessons from the bruises and from the lumps that we took in this game. So we're going to break everything down, talk about my big keys to the game and what really kind of changed how the outcome came out. And then we're going to do tighten up, tighten down, make sure we look at our individual performances, talk about who had a good day, who necessarily did not have a good day, and there's a lot to talk about there as well. And before we go, I do just want to leave you with the sounds of the game, let you hear from head coach Mike Vrabel and his thoughts after this disappointing loss, but from a place where the Titans do have a good foundation going forward, so we can keep that in the back of our heads while we discuss this season-ending loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, ready to dive into every with you guys. Let's get it. My biggest takeaway from this game at the end of the day is that Patrick Mahomes is a fantastic player and sometimes no matter what you do or what your game plan is or how sound of an idea you have of what you want to do, a player like that will just beat you one way or another and we saw that take place out on the field. Patrick Mahomes threw for nearly 300 yards, had two touchdowns, he ran for another 50 yards and had a touchdown and that touchdown run that he had before halftime to put the Chiefs up 20 21 to 17 really changed the game and the way that it felt after the Titans had what you have to consider a pretty decent start scored on their first drive and got three points were able to come back and go up 10 to nothing with a touchdown the Chiefs do answer and then the Titans answer back to make it 17 to 7 even after the Chiefs score another touchdown to make it 17 14 you feel like the Titans are in a good place but then that's really where I thought the drive was called when the Titans got the ball back with about three and a half minutes left. The drive was called very conservatively. We got two runs up the middle from Derrick Henry and then a screen pass to Deion Lewis. The Titans punt, give the ball back to the Chiefs offense that had just kind of started feeling like they were waking up and of course after that that run that Mahomes had where the Titans just refused to tackle him uh, Rashawn Evans misses a tackle as he breaks contain and gets down the sideline and then for some strange reason Tremaine Brock tries to go for the strip inside the five yard line Mahomes powers through that because it's nowhere close to a tackle attempt it was it was literally just a strip attempt to try to force a fumble there in the biggest moments and Mahomes smartly powers through and scores a touchdown to put the Chiefs up the Titans just kneel on it and go into halftime and the Chiefs come out they get the ball and the Titans defense is able to make a few stops but here the Titans offense when they have their opportunity just wasn't able to capitalize so the Chiefs go out eventually put more points up but the 
on the board as the fourth quarter begins. The Titans answer, but by that time, it's too late. So really what ended up dooming this team is Patrick Mahomes was just too good. The Titans tried to go man. The Titans tried to go zone, and he just had an answer for everything. And even when the Titans covered everybody down the field, he was able to beat them with their legs. Patrick Mahomes was the leading rusher for the Chiefs on the day. Uh, Damian Williams had spot duty in the run game, but he was able to have a little bit of success, including scoring a touchdown there on the ground. So the Titans really tried to cover everything in the middle, and they were able to limit Travis Kelsey to only three catches. But what happened was that opened up the outsides, and Tremaine Brock had a pretty rough day. Sammy Watkins had over 100 yards and was able to get the crucial touchdown that really capped off the game. Tyreek Hill had a little bit of success, but basically the Titans did everything they could do on defense to try to slow Mahomes down, and he just had an answer. Andy Reid had an answer at every turn, and on offense, they weren't consistent enough. Derrick Henry didn't really get things going. It's because the Titans lost the lead. They were playing from behind. They were down double digits in the second half. It's hard to really establish the run there, and that's what is the crucial lesson that we learned from this playoffs is the Titans were winning and Derrick Henry was doing miraculous things, but they were throwing the football to get those leads early, and the Titans were having success in play action early, and they got that lead by throwing the ball, and unfortunately, they weren't able to be consistent enough in the passing game to keep that up throughout the game to keep pace with the Chiefs' offense, and that's going to be hard to do, so the Titans are going to have to respond with a better defensive effort against this team in the future if they hope to get past them as you would imagine Patrick Mahomes would have this team in a good position in the playoffs throughout his career so that's something to take going forward from that I thought that the Titans didn't play a terrible game overall that's one thing that has me although disappointed with a loss it's kind of couched with optimism the Titans didn't play terrible they weren't consistent enough it was a road game against a team that's very hot right now that's healthy that's playing their best football of the year so got to take away some positives from a disappointing loss of course that's really the only word to come back to it is disappointing that the run will end but the Titans did give a good effort on the road in the AFC championship game and can be happy about the future of this football team and their prospects going forward and the last thing that I want to say about this game and I really don't like to focus on these types of things as I've said throughout the season I like to focus on the game and the players and everything that decides a football game that has to do with the X's and O's and the actual sport itself Itself, but it is unfortunate that it seems like it was a pretty rough game for the officials. Uh, looking at some of the you know screenshots and slow motion, some of the replays coming out of the game, there is some questionable behavior, especially on that crucial third and one with Dennis Kelly, where they called a holding. I thought the holding call on Jack Conklin early was very suspect. I thought Tremaine Brock did look back. I understand that that call is probably going to get called pass interference most times, but I thought he did make an attempt. To look back, but that call on Dennis Kelly for a holding on a third and one was just ridiculous. You see the video, it looks like the official is pulling out his flag before Kelly even makes contact with a defender. So you can't help but see those things. Like I said, I don't like to comment on those. I don't think that we should be looking at those. You need to focus on what you can control, and you should never be blaming referees for wins or losses. But I can't help but say it is disheartening to see some of those replays and some of those lookbacks at 
the behavior of the referees. So just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. It's obviously going to be a hot topic. Like I said, the refs are not to blame for what happened on Sunday in Kansas City. The Titans should have played better themselves, but it is disappointing when you feel like you have to go into an environment like Kansas City and not only beat the team in front of you, but beat the officials who are making questionable decisions and throwing questionable flags out there. But that is one of the reasons why you try to get home field advantage. Sometimes it's just a little bit of home cooking. It's only natural. The referees are human too. So something that the Titans need to continue to look forward to and build towards is maybe having a better record, winning the division, having a few home games, and maybe they can get the benefit of some of these uh, natural bad decisions that the referees are going to make. So I didn't think it was critical or crucial in the outcome of the game, but like I said, it is a little bit disheartening to see some of those things going against the Titans in such a crucial situation. So with that, we are going to move into Tighten Up, Tighten Down, talk about some individual performances. There are plenty on both sides, so we will jump into that next. Fellas, let's talk about the bedroom. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. You let off with a home run. Make sure you can go deep in your second at bat. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E. Chew.com promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest. Completion percentage, other than Josh Rosen, he's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Tighten up, tighten down. Let's talk about our individual performances coming out of the loss to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. We will start here with all of the wide receiver options, all the skill position players 
on offense other than the running back position, of course. I thought that Corey Davis, who had five catches for 65 yards, A.J. Brown, three catches, 51 yards, John U, three catches, 38 yards, Adam Humphreys even had four big catches for 25 yards in a third down specialist role coming off an injury. He had a lot of big catches on big downs to keep drives going as he was paid to do. So it'd be nice to be able to see him back healthy next year in this offense and have a little bit of continuity. Ferkser caught a touchdown pass as I guess he's just always going to do in playoff games for all eternity. So I felt like everybody kind of stepped up there when they needed to, even though that wasn't the game plan and the Titans were hoping to run the ball a little bit more, of course, than they ended up being able to do, but I thought when the Titans skill position players and receiving options needed to make a play and the ball was there, they made plays. So pretty impressed by them in a in a moment where they haven't really been called upon a lot in the playoffs so far, just with the way the game flow went. It's been giving the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times a game and they haven't really gotten their numbers called consistently. So hard to be in a rhythm, hard to be ready, especially in the cold environment that was in Kansas City today. And, you know, they said that it felt like single digits with the wind chills. So having your receiver receiving options out there really just step up when they were called upon after not getting a lot of run in previous weeks. I was impressed by that and them being ready and ready for the challenge there. And I didn't think that, like I said, I don't think that the Titans played a terrible game. It wasn't a bad game. It just wasn't a great game. And you have to play great to beat Kansas City in Kansas City on the road when they're hot the way that they are right now and when they're healthy. So not surprised by you know, the outcome there, but I, I am pretty surprised by how well the Titans skill position players stepped up to the plate. On the defensive side of the ball, I do want to shout out Kamale Correa. I thought he had a fantastic game, and in the past, I've been critical of him saying, you know, he's not really excellent at anything. Uh, he's kind of just, you know, average at everything, which makes him a useful depth player, but not a real starter. And while I still agree with that point generally, I thought here in the playoffs, he made a lot of big plays against the Ravens. He had a sack and he had a sack in this game against Patrick Mahomes. He had six tackles, solo, four assists. So 10 combined total tackles led the Titans in that category. I thought that he played fantastic in this playoff run. And he's a nice piece that the Titans need to keep around for special teams and for depth on defense as they continue trying to build this roster and build this team. I thought Jayon Brown, after losing Rashawn Evans to the foot injury, we'll talk more about him in the Titan down section, of course, but I thought Jayon Brown played a pretty solid game. There's a reason that Travis Kelsey was held to three catches and the Chiefs weren't really having a bunch of success over the middle. They were attacking outside. Jayon Brown was doing a good job inside of covering his zones or covering his man and doing what he could to help out the defense from that perspective. The last tighten up that I want to give here is for Greg Joseph. I don't expect him to be on this team next year. It's not really something that I'm expecting. The Titans will have to be aggressive in fixing the kicker situation, of course. But hey, he made his only attempt, a 30-yarder, made his extra points. He wasn't a detriment to this football team. They needed to do more. And at the end of the day, through the kicking struggles throughout the season, kicker did not end up being the reason that they won or lost any of their playoff games. And I thought that he did very well in what he was asked to do throughout here at the back half of the season, even if I don't really see him having a future with this team going forward. So that covers all of the tighten ups that I thought really stood out to me. Everything else was just, you know, a decent performance, but not really fantastic. Going into the tighten downs, uh, like I mentioned in the tighten ups, Rashawn Evans had 
a re-aggravation of his foot injury, left the game for a moment of time, was questionable to return, came back out for a few snaps, but it seemed like later in the game he wasn't really out there to make an impact. We got you know more of David Long, Wesley Woodyard, and that left Jayon Brown out there as the primary linebacker for the Titans, and that's where you know I make the the comparison. I thought Jayon played pretty well. Rashawn didn't play well in the time that he was out there, and I know after he suffered the injury, anything that happened after that, you know, obviously he's hampered, but he didn't end up with any solo tackles, had one assist, and quite frankly, he missed a huge opportunity to push Mahomes out of bounds or at least take him down on that long TD run before halftime. He missed the tackle with the line of scrimmage that really let Mahomes get loose down the sideline, so Brock played his part in playing terrible in that play as well, but it started when Rashawn Evans missed Pat Mahomes and got outrun to the outside. Pat Mahomes just outran Rashawn Evans and dealing with an injury that's obviously going to impact him, but got to find a way to bring down Mahomes there. And that leads me into Tremaine Brock. That's my biggest Titan down of the entire game. I was praising him on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans early in the game because his addition and playing starting cornerback has helped this team throughout the back half of the season once he got comfortable. So a nice waiver pickup from John Robinson there. But in the game that mattered the most, he got absolutely torched by Sammy Watkins out there for over 100 yards and it wasn't just that he was getting beat by his man that wasn't all of it even though Watkins had 114 yards and seven catches and the you know the game kind of clinching touchdown there at the end but he got the pass interference penalty he missed the tackle on Mahomes at the goal line trying to strip it Throughout the game, he missed assignments. There's a specific play on a third down where there was a completion to Travis Kelsey, and Kenny Vaccaro is literally asking him after the play, like, why aren't you closer in your zone to help me cut this off? So while Brock was a good addition and he helped this team stay afloat, he cost them quite a bit there at the end of the game and throughout the entire course of the game, and it was obvious that the Chiefs were targeting him when they had the opportunity to do so. When You know, it's hard to blame Tremaine Brock, he stepped in late in the season and tried to make an impact, and I thought he did pretty well, but it's clear that the Titans need some additions at cornerback, and the loss of Malcolm Butler ultimately hurt them more than than I expected to see, because I thought that they would not let something like that be one of the reasons they lost, but unfortunately, with a matchup nightmare out there, Sammy Watkins against Tremaine Brock, even though Brock was playing decent football, the Chiefs just found a way to take advantage of it, and a good coach like Andy Reid is going to do that. So wrapping up our Titan downs, we are going to give one to the interior three offensive linemen. Part of the reason Derrick Henry wasn't able to get big chunks in the run game like we've seen is because Chris Jones for the Chiefs who did end up playing after missing a lot of practice with injury and missing last week and defensive tackle Mike Pinnell for the Chiefs who didn't play in week 10. Both of them were very stout against the run in the middle throughout the game and gave Ben Jones and Nate Davis and Roger Saffold fits. Chris Jones just you know, kind of took it to Saffold quite a bit during this game. So the interior three offensive linemen really struggled with the interior defensive linemen of the Chiefs like they hadn't throughout the playoffs, Chris Jones and Mike Pinnell. So kind of a tightened down for the interior trio of Saffold, Jones, and Nate Davis. And then my final tightened down here is going to be Arthur Smith. He had a fantastic year. I have a lot of faith in Arthur Smith. Hopefully he is back. There are some rumors he may take a college job, but I'm hoping that he's back as the Titans offensive coordinator again and tries to pursue an NFL job 
going forward. So hopefully we get him back and he can continue working and learning. But I thought with three minutes left in the first half, getting real conservative in that drive, run, run, screen to Deion Lewis, that allowed the Chiefs to get the ball back and score before halftime and take the lead. I thought that really changed the way that the game felt. And then coming out of halftime, the Titans defense actually did their job and were able to prevent the Chiefs from getting on a roll immediately. And the Titans offense just wasn't able to answer. I thought that they really got away from the play action pass game that was successful for them to start the game. They were having really good success with dig routes over the middle, those deep ends over the middle. Corey caught one. AJ caught one. I thought that was being, you know, very successful for the Titans, and it seemed like they just went away from that in the second half. So, really disappointed by some of the play calling in the middle of the game late in the second quarter, at the beginning of the third quarter, that I thought, you know, didn't give the Titans offense a chance to do their part when the defense was miraculously stopping this Chiefs offense at least a couple of times and really the only stops I'd say with air quotes were when the Chiefs dropped the ball on third down so that's sometimes offenses like that the only way you're going to get a stop or the only way you're going to get any kind of win is if they beat themselves and the Titans got those opportunities and the offense wasn't ready to capitalize so ultimately I thought that doomed the Titans just as much as the defense being unable to get stopped so that kind of wraps up our tighten up and tighten down segment so tighten up tighten down tighten all the way around We are going to move into our sounds of the game here. I want to let you guys hear from head coach Mike Vrabel. Hopefully it'll help with the recovery process for the Titans. I know that I am shot emotionally, mentally. My voice is given out here at the back half of the podcast just from all of the emotions going through the game, the yelling, the screaming. It was such a wonderful season. So we're going to cap things off hearing from head coach Mike Vrabel. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Titans is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Titans fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, and not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants a way to connect with Titans fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get a team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. As we continue to digest this loss to the Kansas City Chiefs and transition into an offseason where this team will focus on improving, let's hear from head coach Mike Rabel directly after this game and his press conference and get his feelings moving forward and his takeaways coming out of this loss. Audio, of course, is courtesy of TitansOnline.com. Uh, I told him it was an honor to, uh, to coach him. felt like we left that locker room before the game as a family. Um... We, we need to stay a family uh, when we leave it um, after the game. I'm proud of, uh, proud of, proud to say that I coach them. Appreciate their efforts. There was a lot of guys that were, you know, battling through, um, beat up, banged up, 
and I felt like they fought. I felt like we, we got off to the start that we wanted um, in all three phases. But I think when you play teams like this or teams that are good as the Chiefs, uh, as explosive as they are, you, know, you kind of knew that they were going to you know, make a run. Again, I'm not going to say that that was, you know, that three and out was the difference in the game. We punted down there and we just, we couldn't, you know, had some stops that we, we didn't get. The quarterback was able to scramble on that, that series. And in a perfect world, yeah, did I say, Arthur, hey, this has to be um, the last drive of the half? Absolutely. But uh, that didn't happen. Doesn't mean the game was over. Um, I felt like we still battled and competed. But that certainly um, was a big series for him. You know, I'd have to look at it, and, and, and again, just being able to see, I don't think we were able to run as many snaps and get things going, you know. We didn't break a big one, but, you know, I felt like it was efficient. It was very efficient in the first half. Um, and then they, they put some long drives together um, to kind of get the, to chew up some clock there in the third quarter. Um, it's probably a pretty good chance that we would have gone for it. But, you know, again, there's penalties are part of the game. You have to overcome them, and you know, make sure that, you know, we're focused on the situation, but, you know, it just didn't work out. Well, I mean, it's all 11 guys. I mean, you're going to need all 11 guys to, you know, you're going to need a great call. You're going to need great execution um, when they're when they're operating like that. And, you know, there's times you, you try to blitz them and, and then there's, you know, there's issues there just you know, in coverage, not as many guys in coverage. Um, and then when he's able to hold the ball because, you know, you're trying to spy them and then guys uncover and, it's a challenge every play. And I thought I thought we had really some really nice snaps, you know. And then again, we gave up some big plays. It was some quarterback play extension that, um, you know, that cost you. Well, it, you know, just being fast in itself um, isn't the the answer. You know, you have to be fast and talented. Uh, but there's ways to, you know, sometimes to defend uh, the speed. I mean, they give them a lot of credit that they're talented. They, you know, when we're trying to play certain coverages they're working and, and you know redirecting and they've seen a lot of double coverages by Kelsey and, and Hill um, but you know we mixed in zone mixed in man try to hit them and and again I thought there were some good snaps and there were some snaps that we certainly um, would like to have back well no we watched it last week it's just um, you know we don't make a play on them and um, you know I mean we were fully aware that he was healthy and that was a dimension um, of his game it just, um, we didn't do a good enough job today. The expectations have always been really high. You know, whether you lose in the AFC Championship game, you win the Super Bowl, um, I want the expectations to be high. I know that's what Miss Amy wants, that's what John wants, and that's what I want. So you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't change however we ended the season. The expectations are always high. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, don't, I, I didn't prepare the speech in the, in, you know, after the game. That, you know, I didn't know what the schedule was. I, you know, I didn't know what time... You know, we would meet. I didn't know what the exit physicals are. You know, I mean, I didn't even bother to look at any of that. So I, I don't know. Um, you know, just try to figure out, um, you know, worry about the guys, worry about the players. I think their health. Um, the guys that finished this game that were kind of banged up, there were guys that didn't finish the game. And I think that's, to me, the most important is the, it's about the, you know, it's not, this isn't about, you know, how I cope, you know, I mean, it's about how the players cope. You know, there's a lot of guys in there. I, you know, every year is new year. And, and again, it's not, it, you know, my concern is about the players. 
again, it's it's hard to, to figure. I mean, I think they started probably rushing a little bit better the way that the, the game, you know, and it got to be, um, you know, 18. It got to be uh, three scores that, um, you know, they figured that they could probably pass rush and cut it loose a little bit. So, um, you know, you don't get down 18. Um, you know, that they're not front runners, that, um, you know, when people, you know, have opinions and comments and games don't go the way that we want them, um, they don't pout, they don't disappear, you know, because it's easy to, to listen to the noise sometimes that gets created in media and fans, outside influences. They stayed the course. They're, they're mentally and physically tough. Um, and, again, that's that's part of the reason why I'm proud to coach them. I guess there's a lot of things we could have done differently. Sure, yeah. I mean, again, and try to be gracious in victory and gracious in defeat. Um can't say enough about Andy, his family, um, the, the Hunt family, um, an organization I played for two years. Um, happy for Andy, happy for, you know, some of those players that I know on that football team. And, you know, they, they deserve to, to go play for the, for the championship. I completely agree with head coach Mike Vrabel's sentiment there at the end. Uh, obviously, you hear about Andy Reid and everything he's done as a coach in the NFL and just as a person off the field. So, obviously, happy to see a coach like Andy Reid get another shot at a Super Bowl. But keep going back to the same word. It is disappointing to have everything come to an end here the way that the game unfolded. But we have a lot to look forward to throughout the offseason as this team tries to improve and get ready for the 2020 regular season to make another run at a Super Bowl title and you have to feel a lot more confident and a lot more comfortable with the team's chances to do that next year now than we did last season and I'm going to be here with you guys Monday through Friday breaking it all down every day throughout the offseason going to keep giving you guys content we are going to talk player profiles we are going to do some film studies from the regular season we are going to talk draft needs we are going to talk team needs we are going to talk free agency cover all the headlines throughout the offseason dabble in a little bit of general NFL talk as well so I'm gonna have something for you guys every week coming through might be two segments per show as uh, you know compared to three here and there as we go through the dark ages and the dark times throughout the offseason but I'm gonna make sure that I'm consistent with you guys and giving you guys content at all times so Please follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans if you aren't already and subscribe to the show so that you are there for all of that throughout the offseason. We are going to dive into more tomorrow and start turning the page on this season into the upcoming offseason as the Titans look to improve this roster and continue building on the success that they've had so far. So that is going to wrap up our show today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.